0: Welcome, everyone, back to the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the
1: 24-7 Sports Network. And I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com, the USC site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And together, we make the Podcast of Champions, talking all things Pac-12 football. I got David to look into the camera. It's a great morning. I already sent him my wordle. I got it in three tries. Boom, nailed it. It's gonna be a good day. It's gonna be a good show. Wow. Cause we gotta talk about Pac 12, week seven You're action. You're still doing Wordle. I still do it. You don't do it anymore? Is no. That, is that over? We're like ten months
0: into this. This was uh this was zeitgeist of the moment. Move I, on, buddy. I
1: started uh I started late on the Wordle. I yeah. wasn't like an early adapter of the Wordle. Um, but yeah. Uh all right. Well anyway, so it's gonna be a good show. We are broadcasting live on youtube that's if you're presumptuous watching it tuesday morning it's gonna be a good show it's, i'm very happy it's i've already good. derailed you twice what do you think that's true yeah but uh we are simulcasting live on our youtube channel get over there hit that like button hit the smash smash it like it we've only Love got four it. right now we need more we need more likes so get in there uh and if you're watching this on replay thank you very much we have over 400 subscribers on our little youtube channel now so we gotta we gotta boot that up we gotta get to a thousand of course get that up there um, uh, so subscribe, like, tell your friends, do all that stuff. We put it on our Twitter. Uh, if you want to have any questions for us, we got a bunch of questions on our email pack, 12 podcast at gmail.com. You can also call or text us at 424-532-0678. I don't think we got a text this week, but we do have a couple of voicemails. We got Sith Lord calling in. So that'll be fun a little bit later on. You can tweet us at pack 12 podcast. The website is pack 12 podcast.com where all of our content goes up, your picks, all of that. You can see everything that we do up there on pactfulpodcast.com and then the Reddit, reddit.com slash r slash podcast of champions. If you want to chat with other POC listeners, but the most important thing, Apple podcast, that app, I don't care if you don't have an iPhone, you got a Mac somewhere, anywhere you can have an Apple device, download the Apple podcasting app, subscribe, follow the podcast of champions and leave us a five-star rating and a review that you can say whatever you want about us as long as you leave us the five stars. We got any new ones, David? We've
0: got three new ones.
1: Wow. And We're speaking a bunch of, of them.
0: you can say whatever you want and we'll read it on air as long as it's a five star review. Yeah. Five star review. This is from Josh3212. Two, two. Woods is insufferable. <laughs> five stars for Ryan, fully carrying a podcast and offering good, unbiased insp- insight despite the condescending character that is David Woods. I'm convinced he doesn't like his job or people or really anything other than <sighs> making fun of people to make himself feel better. Well done, Ryan. Not sure how you do it. Thank you, Josh. Yeah. Five star review, baby. I love it. Thanks, Josh. All right. We got two more. Uh, this is from Go UCLA 05 five star review. Dive bombing for kudos. Uh, listening to this dumpster fire of a podcast in the hopes of actually learning anything is truly an exercise in futility. On one hand, we've got Ryan Abraham. The absolute paragon of journalistic excellence and professionalism, a man who makes Edward R. Murrow look like the love child of Perez Hilton and Harvey Levin from TMZ. Mm. And on the other hand, we've got David Woods, the foremost bridge troll of the college (laughs) sports media world. You would think that they would do a good job complimenting each other with each being a good yin to the other's yang. But in reality, they only serve to amplify each other's worst and most obnoxious traits and tendencies. They're much closer to the main characters of Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates than they are to Sisko and Ebert. A delight to none of the senses. Tuning in every week has simply become part of my own masochistic routine that unfortunately my OCD will not allow me to break. Five star review, baby. That's another good one. We love, we love it. it. Yeah. Uh, and this is a five star review from Lil Tecca up next. Fight on. This podcast is the father I never had.
1: Beautiful. Wow.
0: Okay. Three great reviews.
1: We appreciate all of those. And I was putting some comments up if you're watching on YouTube. So if you have any comments and you're watching us live, um, you know, what else are you going to do on a Monday morning? At uh, what, you know, almost 10 o'clock in the morning. You want to watch the podcast of champions uh, going live. We will put your comments up there. If you have a question, put question and I will star that and we'll get back to it um, later. But David, I want to talk a little bit. We're doing our gambling's not been so good. We are. We are. Some better than others. No, we were tied this week. Right. We right but, two and but, three. but like
0: if we're taking an overall picture, if we're taking an overall, like an overview of the situation.
1: Yeah um one are, of
0: us is a little bit better than the other
1: you are still alive. yes very close uh you're still alive in the survival pool who are you picking this week you took i believe Washington. i believe i'm oregon state this week oregon state okay um real quick on the survival pool before we get to the picks matthew sent a uh, another recap which was very nice and if i can find it yeah so we are down 59 survivors uh from week six. Now it's 32. So there's only 32 people left from 257 that started it. Uh most people like you took Washington and they moved on. 24 people, three people took Oregon State, three people had Utah, the close one there, and two people took Colorado in advance. So um he the, put they, little...
0: One of those two will be the winner.
1: Yeah, because they already have Colorado. Yeah. I like that. Um, you still think Colorado is bad. Okay. Uh uh, yeah 21 people <laughs> did you did you watch the football game yes <laughs> no spoilers 21 people <laughs> took cal so they are uh bye-bye two people took usc kind of risky there just the utah usc game would be risky no matter what and one one person out of washington state on the road uh corvallis so those people were gone so yeah so only uh 32 winners left so good for that um but he says, congrats to Ryan and Jamie, who both picked Colorado. Now they have a huge advantage to make it to the end. Particular coup, to, not me, Ryan, a different Ryan, to Ryan who had... There's another one? Yes. Yeah, still had an obvious pick of Cal available. Ha! Huh. So they could have took Cal, um, but yeah, nice one there. But yeah, so uh, we moved on that. We were two and three uh, in our picks against the spread. I mean, part of the reason being like our our main, you know, the main the source of income has been picking against uh, Stanford and picking against uh Colorado, and that did not um bear fruit this week. So yeah, one of those things. Uh we well, should have we
0: should have been able to predict, having watched Cal and Notre Dame play each other earlier this year, that neither of those were going to bear fruit in our quest to have Colorado go uh winless against the spread this year.
1: Yeah. Or but, Stanford
0: go winless the rest of the season.
1: Yeah. But so Maybe don't listen to our picks, but you got to get over there into my bookie and do your picks because your picks are probably better than ours. We are both above, uh, still well above five hundred, which is nice. But we—you sound a- down. No, I'm good.
0: You, you just sound a little, a little downbeat. Really? You're, you're, you're talking crap about our picks. We're well above five hundred. We are just this week. This is classic Ryan being like, "We're making you money," and instead, you're just kind of down at nine the and, mouth. That nine, like and the two, corners, turn those, turn that frown upside down. That
1: nine and two week I had, that was that was good. I like yeah. that, but it's not. I've not been able to repeat that. Uh, but you can double your initial deposit over at my bookie with the promo code PAC twelve. Of course, that's for us. Get in there. Uh, lots of fun stuff. You can do Monday Night Football tonight. You can do any of the NFL stuff. Heck, you got baseball playoffs and stuff going on. Uh, the NBA season is starting tomorrow, I believe. Uh, lots of stuff to get to. Of course, Pac-12 football. Only four games this weekend, so you can get in there, do a little uh, parlays so if you want to move stuff around. Check all that stuff out over at my bookie. But remember, the promo code is Pac-12. So get in there and uh, put your initial deposit. You can double it, so up to a thousand dollars. You put in five hundred, becomes a thousand. You put a thousand, becomes two thousand. You put in a hundred, it's two hundred. Anyway, you'd have a lot more money to bet on these. Last six so weeks or so of the Pac twelve football season, and of course all the other stuff going on over there. So our friends over at my bookie will definitely help you out.
0: Do they? Do they um, give you your money back if um, if the consensus is that the refs um, decided the victory? Like, do they give? They you your- do not. Wow. Yeah, that's but not- like that's but if, but even if it's like universal consensus, like all of the like say L A media, like just f- full consensus that the refs
1: were the problem. Uh, they don't give the money back? They No, they, they there's a note on your betting slip. Oh, okay, got it, got yeah, it, yeah. Okay, it cool, says, cool. unfortunately, do you remember there was a USC-Utah game at the Coliseum that there was, like, a late score that they, I think they changed. Like, it wasn't just, like, it wasn't, like, stats. Like, they changed stats and they, you
0: know, Yeah, didn't they change the score?
1: They changed the score. <laughs> like, and it changed the outcome of the, whatever the betting was. Doesn't that line just was. make it a no bet? I no, I think people like cash tickets, and then it was like a weird. Like, I I can't remember what that was, but that was a really weird one. Um, but yeah, that was uh, that was uh, yeah that was an interesting one. They changed. Uh, um, Dalton Kincaid was catching passes after this game because I got an email. It's like, by the way, he had an extra catch for more yards. Like, okay, like he's even catching passes and the game's already over. So um, yeah, that's that's pretty amazing. Uh, any let's see, Pac 12 newsy stuff. Um, not too much home teams all won in the Pac 12 if they're Pac 12 games. Um, and I believe can't Colorado and Stanford the last two teams to get wins against FBS opponents. Somebody said, uh, Hawaii they got their first win too, but um, I had seen a tweet or something somewhere, but um, yeah, get off the snide a little bit. We got the, the, how weird is it when our two bottom dwellers like, they were cemented in the bottom two spots of the Podcast of Champions power rankings, which everybody talks about. I mean, they're just talking about all it's, over the country. Yeah, you know, it's national it least, Yeah. Uh, you know, Feinbaum, he leads with that. You know, all the stuff uh, on the SEC talk. They both win? Like, how is that even possible?
0: It's just the Pac-12. It's the power of the Pac-12. I mean, Stanford's win over Notre Dame we should have foreseen. You know? Cal went in there and almost won. Yeah. And we just saw what Cal is. Cal's the worst team in the
1: history of football. You don't know why, because they stole that title from Colorado. It's you. You tweeted that out. Like those are the rules, right? Right. When you. It's good to play the worst team in the history of college football, but if you lose to them, yeah, no, You a instantly risk. become yeah, the worst. It, no, you it, even if you're it, eleven and one, yeah. you are now the worst team in college football history. Yeah, no,
0: it's it's a it's a contact disease. Yeah, uh, you t- you touch them and they and they touch you, and if they win, you you get it. It's uh, it's like, it's like the ring. It's like the ring. You know, uh, you watch the video now. I showed you the video. Now you have to be haunted by the little girl coming out of the TV. Gotcha.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh awesome stuff. Well, we got a bunch of people on the chat, so thank you for that. We'll get to questions and stuff you have. It's mostly been comments and stuff. If I'm I'll try to put your comments up on the screen, but obviously I'm producing, hosting, and doing all these things. And David's sitting over there, uh just laughing because that's you know, that's what he does. Uh yeah, so I think we have to start with our Pac twelve roundup. Uh unless there anything else that you wanted to get to. No, no. At what I want to get
0: to is in this, in this period. Okay. When we're talking about the games. So we have to. Some games
1: more than others. Uh, where's our. Oh, let me move our power rankings up here a little bit. So uh, for these, we like to kind of go through, and our power rankings have definitely um, shifted, <laughs> which is kind of crazy. And we talked about that the, the disease, the ring disease that you get, because we have a new number 12 team. <laughs> California Golden Bears. And uh they were on the road which we know in the Pac-12 is a near impossibility to win uh moving up. I mean, I think this is a huge win uh for the Buffs. Now number 11,
0: Colorado Buffalo. Before I get to anything else, very happy for Colorado fans. Yeah. I just want that said. That said, this was the worst football game I've watched in a really long time. <laughs> it just, I and I watched more or less every second of it. I couldn't take overtime, so I had to watch it later. Um, but I, like, I got, I got through, I got through regulation, and I'm like, I can't, I cannot do another minute of this thing. Um, but uh, horrible football game. Horrible uh, offenses, both atrocious. Um, defenses, technically, I think were fine, but not really. Um, I think it was just the offenses were awful. Uh, Cal lost by seven in overtime. Um, the, the beauty of it was Cal had a touchdown. The guy had the ball in his hands, but he caught it so casually, like he was trying to look so cool that, um, you know, that like basic, that, that, you know, that basic basketball drill that you teach kids, like when they're in third grade, you, you hold the ball like this and it's harder to hit. You hold it like this and they'll be able to slap it out of your hands. He held it like this. They slapped it out of his hands. But that ball got there by, like, Pony Express. Like It
1: was, <laughs> was not an express pass. Whatever.
0: Like. It still should have been caught. Um, but anyway, Colorado won, uh, 20 to 13. Um, Bill Musgrave is a pestilence. Uh, he is somebody who was sent here to destroy all sensibility. Um, he is one of the four horsemen. Um, and... What he is doing to Cal football should not only get him fired, it should get Justin Wilcox fired. It should actually get the Oregon AD fired if it's true that Oregon offered Justin Wilcox the job. Because anybody who was willing to hire Bill Musgrave as their offensive coordinator, um, he should not only be judged, but everyone who associates, like John Wilner, I'm sorry, our friend John, um, if, if you're pushing Justin Wilcox, he's the guy who hired Bill Musgrave. Uh, sorry. You know, you're you're guilt by association too. Everyone
1: is. This is the ring thing again. Yeah, like no, if you're-
0: it's it, it. The tendrils from hiring Bill Musgrave reach out to everyone. <laughs> like I think I think Chris Peterson, because at one time he hired Justin Wilcox for a job, he is tainted by this too. Right. That is what the hiring of Bill Musgrave is. It is, um, it is It is one of the worst things that's ever happened in the history of the world.
1: The Amazon customer service people that took his phone call, they're now tainted Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah gonna, no, the, it, the whole company's going to It is. it. It's,
0: it's, it goes that deep. Yeah, exactly. Um, w- the reason I bring this up is I want to say Cal had between um, uh, 1,500 and 2,000 opportunities on third, and f- third or fourth and one in this <laughs> game. And every single goddamn time, uh, Cal lined up with like two or three or maybe five tight ends and just tried to power it through. And no matter how many times Colorado overloaded exactly where the run was coming and stopped it for a loss or right at the line of scrimmage, they just kept doing it. It was insane. Yeah. Um. Cal, like they missed a couple of field goals. Like they probably, I'm, you're Muffs, Colorado fans. I'm not trying to take away from your win. They probably should have won the game. Um <laughs> But Bill Musgrave decided it for them. It was incredible. Uh for Colorado's purposes, um, really good to hear that Deion Smith, who went down with a very scary injury, um, he was apparently fine in the he hospital. Carted off, yeah. Correct. Yeah. Carted it off. Um, there was concern he had the neck brace on the whole thing. Um, but it, it reportedly he's fine. Um, or you know, as fine as he can be after taking a very scary hit, but not uh paralyzed or anything. So that's really good. Um I would say quarterback wise,
1: Owen McCown got pulled at one point. I don't know if it was hurt or just pulled. That was weird. Yeah, we we're like cuz shroud came in and then you're like is he hurt or is this just I yeah, I'm I'm not sure why. I didn't, never got an explanation on that. But JT shroud threw the ball pretty well. He was throwing some rockets out there.
0: Um He's got a live arm. Uh Jack Plummer does not. Jack Plummer is uh Jake Browning without the talent. Um <laughs> But anyway, a uh, horrible football game.
1: I've talked about it too much. Uh this was three nothing at half. Pretty impressive, right? Uh, Cal missed a couple of field goals. Um, they had actually moved the ball like kind of okay, but it was one of those things like they probably, should, like you said, they probably should have won this game. Jack Jack Plummer was not very sharp. Um, Colorado, you know, so another interim head coach, Mike Sanford, who got fired at Minnesota last year, is now somehow Newt Rockney, but he really took the team into a bye week. Uh, So it was a good time to fire. I mean, the best time to fire Carl Durrell was, well, to never have hired him. But, you know, you have to fire him right now. They fired him going to the bye week. It gave Sanford an opportunity. Obviously, the players needed something. They looked like a different team. The defense looked so much better. Instead of giving up, what were they, giving up 48 points a game or something, you know, to Pac 12 teams, um, they come out and play well. uh, against you know, a Cal team that did score 49 points just a couple weeks ago, which seems like that was a whole different season. I don't know what that was. But this looked like, you just watch Colorado. They looked like a different team, right? It didn't even seem the same. That's why coaching is so important uh in college athletics. And these players rallied around. I mean, he changed the whole defense. They added, I think it was more of like, a. they had like kind of a four-four front, but they added like the joker position. So um there was a lot of pressure on Cal at the line of scrimmage. And they brought guys from different places. So the fact that he was able to change all that stuff up, you really had guys. I mean, they're talented players. They were a bad team, but a lot of it happened to do with what Carl DeRoe was doing. People wanted something to kind of cheer about, right? Like you're just looking for something to cheer about. They they rallied around Stanford, who you don't think is a very good coach, but they rallied around him, and they played significantly better.
0: Yeah, you know? I, I think that's probably the lesson from this game is that Colorado's talent, while you know meager still in comparison to like the top half of the Pac 12 or whatever. This isn't this isn't as untalented a team as like right. their 2012 team. Um they were just coached horribly. Um Carl Durrell should never again coach um college football. No. Uh he doesn't go, have to he can just yeah go be a receiver's coach in the NFL if you need something to do because he can retire. Nobody man. cares about that. Um but this was not an un, a completely bereft of talent team. No. Um and we saw it a little bit more in this one. The defense, this is the 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 main positive I would take away as a Colorado fan is your defense for the first time, since maybe the first half of TCU didn't quit. Like they didn't give up because the offense was horrible. And I think that goes to the motivation factors. Um, and cause we've seen Colorado do a lot of quitting this year. Like the defense especially has been just like, and I, you can understand it psychologically this offense isn't going to do anything. We're just not going to sit out here, you know, getting our butts kicked all game. Um, but this game i thought they played hard from from you know opening
1: whistle to uh to final yeah uh we talked about this too much but <clears throat> cal did kick a field goal as time expired to make this go into overtime so they tried to do some exciting stuff there that colorado touchdown was reviewed it didn't look like a touchdown and then it became one um
0: i appreciated them giving them giving that to them
1: yeah yeah
0: um uh, but just just crazy and they actually gave it to all of us because you know it would have been worse than a single overtime of this game. Oh my god.
1: Two of them. That would have been like what 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 can we do? Uh okay, let's go to our number 10 team, Stanford Cardinal.
0: Can uh, and and so they're playing the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Yes. Ah, me of gold. Um Okay, so this is a perfect Stanford score. Um, they beat Notre Dame sixteen to fourteen. So they
1: beat them on the road, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, they must have scored a few touchdowns or something, right, to to get a win on the road against a historic program like Notre Dame. Precisely one. Uh, <laughs> That's a lot for. Stanford. <laughs> that actually is a lot for
0: Stanford. Um, I I don't have a great explanation for what happened in this game. Um, Notre Dame, I think, is horrible. Um I think that's pretty obvious now. If you look at what Notre Dame has done this year, um just just for context before we get too deep into it. I think their defense is pretty good, right? I mean, they held Ohio State to 21. Um you know, they've they've yet to allow a team to score more than 32 points and that was on the road at North Carolina. Every other game has been in the 20s or below. So, there's that. Um horrible offense truly truly horrible um and like at the level where i know Notre Dame is probably not going to fire their head coach after a single season but there's too much talent in South Bend to be um that awful um so that's a that's a concern um so here's the thing i'd say about Stanford their offense has stabilized to an extent i'm not going to say it's good But they've stabilized to a certain extent with that slow, meshy, stupid thing. Um, And Tanner McKee is looking more comfortable in it. Yeah. And he's not taking like nine sacks a game anymore. Um, I think there was only one for Notre Dame in this game. Um, So I think that's a positive. I don't know how much else you can take from this stupid game. Uh, Stanford was up 10-0 at halftime. And then it was 14-3 really quickly, it seemed, in the second half uh 14 13 in the second half um and still stanford you know kicked the field goal to win it but right um i would say the one takeaway if you're you know looking for some hope as a stanford fan is that tanner mckee looks more comfortable doing this thing i don't think it's the right offense for them i still think it's very dumb that they went to this but at least your quarterback isn't looking quite as um i don't know out to lunch uh doing this scheme anymore
1: yeah this is i mean you could argue Cal should have got the win there in South Bend. And uh, the fact that that Stanford did, uh, pretty amazing. And I, if you're a Stanford fan, I the, the problem is I think this is going to sort of justify for David Shaw, like, why they do what they do. Like, like you're trying – like, we, we know this is the way to do things. You know, they're going to do it the Stanford way. We're going to win on the road with a one-touchdown game and kick a bunch of field goals and – Play conservative towards the end and maybe they won't score. Like it didn't work against Oregon State, right? Like they end up losing that one because yeah. you kind of stuck to your guns. But it worked in this one. You know, it's sort of just like, hey, the eighth time, the, the 12th time's a charm. We've tried to do this 12 times in a row and it finally worked. Like, see, that's why we do it this way. And you're, you're kind of so like, no, this is not the way to do it. Um, I don't know what this means for Stanford for the rest of I'm,
0: I'm not sure. Season? I don't think it means much. The one thing I'll say is I think it tips it a little bit towards, you know, the games against. I think they've got what? ASU this weekend?
1: Uh, Yes, I believe so. Like they'll
0: have a chance to win that. Um, I think there's a couple of games left where they'll have a chance to win. Um, But I don't think it changes the complexion that much. I don't know how much you can take from Notre Dame. They don't score a lot of points. And Stanford's mm. defense has been awful this year. And so I don't. It's just it's hard to quantify exactly um whether their defense has
1: improved or they just got lucky going against Notre Dame. Yeah. Um it this was a weird one. But hey, you know, this going into South Bend as a three score underdog and uh you're able to pull out the win. Um we got this one wrong. Um, obviously. We uh for the first two yeah, so we, we had Cal, uh minus fifteen. That was Terrible pick. Did that not work out? That did not work out. Oh. We both had Notre Dame minus 16 and a half. At least that was at home. And yeah. uh, that also did not work out.
0: You know what was funny? Because I remember doing the show last week and we were both like, oh, yeah, Notre Dame's going to kill them. And then I looked at like what Notre Dame had done and I'm like, they're not killing anybody. What am I, I think what they are we killed doing? Like, North Carolina or something. <laughs> no, but even that one, they won by 13.
1: Okay. Um, yeah. This was... So Stanford hadn't had an FBS win since they beat Oregon in 2021. It was... Which was one of the funniest games of all time. Yes, eleven games in a row losing to FBS opponents. Of course, the road game at Notre Dame is the one uh, you get. So just David Shaw is always good for a couple
0: of these. Like just what?
1: Huh? You're like, how did this? What the? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, our number nine team, Arizona State Sun Devils. <laughs> They had a bye week. They had a big win, and then you get a bye week. So we'll see how this uh, impacts uh, the Sun Devils going forward. We have our number eight team. Arizona Wildcats. They went on the road to take on our number six team. Washington Huskies. All right, so the
0: over on this game, I think, was at like 74, and this blasted through it which is really incredible. Mm. Uh, Washington won eventually 49-39. Uh, this was 42-39 um, in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Had potential to get really silly and stupid. Unfortunately, it did not. But it was still pretty silly and stupid. You know that Arizona – You were rooting
1: for a lot of silly and stupid. I remember you saw that you were tweeting about that where Washington – really Oregon wanted State. it to yeah. happen, and it was not
0: happening with no. either of these games. Yeah. Um, so uh the interesting thing here for me was that uh Arizona's run defense had been horrible um all season coming into this game and they actually Im- looked improved in this one you know they they more or less shut down that Washington running game now the Washington's running game wasn't very good but in in um uh replacement uh Washington uh had I don't know its best passing game in uh, ever maybe uh my man Phoenix uh threw for 516 yards on 44 attempts um so that's almost 12 yards to throw and had four touchdowns uh he looked completely back um you know if you want to get right do it against Arizona's defense I guess (laughs) um and on the other side you know Jaden Delora I thought he you know kind of to that same theory that he has a good game bad game good, good, good game bad game he was pretty bad last week um against Oregon and then this week I thought he was one of the few reasons that Arizona was in this game um he got a little dinged up late, and they brought in uh, Fafita um, to uh, uh, basically get sacked, um, nearly sacked, and then throw one in the dirt. Um, but it was—Arizona uh, it was uh, Arizona still had a chance late to make this somewhat interesting a couple minutes ago in their driving, um, but then it just kind of stalled out. I don't know. So I think Washington's defense, I think we can safely say it's not good and bordering on horrible. Um <laughs> I think Arizona secondary bad. Arizona's is sort of similar, except their offense is not as consistent. Uh, Washington, they're kind of like a lot of teams in the league this year, just more so. Like it's all offense, zero defense whatsoever. Yeah. Arizona, it's yeah intermittently pretty good offense and then zero defense. I mean, worse
1: defense. Like yeah,
0: it's much worse defense, and their offense is not as consistent because they go as Delora goes, and he's. You know, pretty he's, good this game, he's a really emotional player when he's like a little bit too amped up. It can be very good. You know, he's playing really explosively or he can be overthrowing receivers by 10 yards. Um, so, uh, Johnny it was an Nansen, ind- baby. You gotta love the defensive coordinator. Yeah, they've, they've dropped off from last year. It feels like defensively. Yeah. Uh, cause with, uh, with Don Brown, you always felt, well, they're well-schemed. They just don't have the players this year. They've got more players and they still, they just, they don't look like they know what they're doing half the time. Um, So anyway, uh, Arizona, uh, you know, played a competitive game on the road, largely because of their offense, but Washington's was too much and Arizona's defense was too much to overcome for Arizona.
1: This game had a combined uh, 1,121 yards. Uh, We'll get to the uh, USC-Utah game. This had more yards than that, three more than that one. Uh, There were 62 first downs. Seems like quite a bit of first downs. That's a lot of clock stopping, by the way, when you're moving the team. Uh, seven touchdowns that were at 20 yards or more and not a single turnover uh, in the game. So Arizona's third consecutive conference loss, giving up at least 49 points in each of them. So that's uh, that's not good. Their defense is really, really bad. Uh, Penix was great. I mean, throwing for a million yards. But I thought Delora, you know, played well, too. You know, this was – did. This was a close – game we both got this one right we had Arizona uh plus 15 and a half um it I I think Washington was up at some point maybe more than that but then you know Arizona would keep scoring and there, there just wasn't a lot of stoppages like there weren't no one was really getting stopped all that much yeah it was like uh 4224 going into the fourth yeah um so yeah it's uh it's one of those things if you're Arizona there's progress you like that their offense is feisty. You got some really good players. The defense needs to kind of get fixed. You'll probably win a couple games at home. I don't think you're going to go to Seattle and get a win. And it just that's sort of just where you are. As Yeah, as looking it at the
0: rest of the season for Arizona, obviously they'll get a win this weekend against U- or next weekend against USC. But then it's a tough one at Utah, a tough one at UCLA, and then it's Wazoo and Arizona State. they got to sweep through those and, you know, obviously the win over USC in two weeks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that'll oh get God. them to bowl. How many points does the USA going to score on? <laughs> US USC might <laughs> score 60. They,
1: like they might they might go 60 burger on him. Wow. Uh yeah, but this was, what would you say entertaining factor of this one? This
0: was it was fun. It yeah. was it, I had a good time watching. It was it was markedly similar to the Cal game for Arizona actually. Cuz they just couldn't stop them for whatever yeah. reason. And so even though their offense was good enough that they should have been in any game, their defense just being completely incompetent. And this is the thing with hiring Johnny Nansen is you're going to get recruiting, but you're also getting a guy who I think had never coordinated a defense before this year. Um or if he had it had been at like the high school level maybe. Um so I yeah, it's you know, you, you get what you pay for.
1: Yeah, so uh 1 and 3 in conference. So the win over Colorado 43-20, that was great. But the the lot we talked about the Cal game, it was 31-49, 30, 31. 49-31. So giving a forty nine to Cal, uh, 49-22 to Oregon, and then forty nine thirty nine to Washington. So that's a lot of forty nines that you're uh, giving many. up in conference. Like that's, many that's 49s. too many. That's too many forty nines.
0: Yeah, you don't want to. You want to give up fewer forty nines. <laughs> I think that's a good rule of thumb. Uh, if you give up forty nine points, you're more than likely going to lose.
1: Yeah, mm, not so good. Okay,
0: unless you're Tennessee.
1: And, uh, yeah, that's true and you beat uh, but that
0: but it's a Pac-12 rule, not an SEC rule.
1: Right. Okay, we got it. Uh former Pac-12 kicker was the game winner for that one too. Uh in that one. Okay, let's go on. Let's go to our number 7 team, Washington State Cougars. <laughs> Full on meow for that one. And our number 5 team, Oregon State Beavers. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So there were like 10 minutes left to go in the second quarter. And do you want to know how many yards? And I I realize I'm adding an S there. But do you want to know how many yard uh, Washington State had of offense at that point? (laughs) A single one.
1: What what was your favorite yard?
0: (laughs) Um, It was. So Cam Ward at that point was 0 for 4. Uh, He'd also taken at least one or two sacks. Um, Just. um, So Oregon State, uh, we got to we got to. I got to give some mad props to Oregon State because I'm still not convinced they have a quarterback right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. You tell me something called a Gen- Ben Branson is their quarterback? Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay, I'll believe that when I see it. Um, but they're still beating teams. Like they're still finding ways to win. Um, and this one, it's not just that they found a way to win; they found a way to smoke Washington State. This game was never close. It's 24-10 is what they won. But this was at arm's length the entire way. Um, Oregon State was just uh, completely shutting down this offense. Um, I don't... So, here's the thing. Cam Ward has some bad receivers who are not catching footballs. He also has a bad offensive line. But I would also add, I don't think he is good. Thoughts, comments, concerns? Is it, Who's good? Cam Ward. Um, he's out there, like, taking uh, Caleb Williams sacks. Like, he's out there, like, just, like, hanging out in the, you know, I'm going to take a 10-yard sack now.
1: He's not been as good as I thought he'd be. He's taken 2019 DTR sacks. He's... That was a lot. Uh he's had some like lapses. Caleb Williams against Utah. He took a twenty yarder in that one. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. <laughs> but the you're gonna give him props he can just get away from most of them. He didn't get away from that one. Uh yeah, Ward is not getting away from as many as he should be if you're gonna take those kind of prolific sacks. But you there's too many way, you know, big negative plays. You have to be he'd have to be a lot more explosive to take that many, and you're just not seeing it. And this was this was another example of Oregon State looking like dog do on the road and then looking like Superman at home in Corvallis in yeah. half a stadium. Yeah. So Damian Martinez, by the way, that dude uh, can run freshman. Yeah, I voted for him. I think I voted for him freshman of the week. What, what, once
0: again, just Oregon State just finding a running back. Just, oh, yeah,
1: well, I mean, when you have a good offensive line and you have a good scheme, um, you can plug in guys there. But they've done a really good job of that. And having, like, a talented freshman, I think, uh, certainly helps. But, man, this was – I really thought Washington State was going to come out. And you, so this one, we had two games that we picked differently. You had Oregon State, uh, minus three. I took the Cougs, thought they'd keep it close. They did not. Um, they are really having a hard time scoring on the road. Uh, you're talking about Cameron Ward, like – they're having a hard time scoring period especially on the road they three road games 41 total points um that's not good they, i thought they moved the ball okay at times but you know when they weren't getting those negative plays but they kept getting the negative plays i think they only got three trips into the red zone so it was just it was bad it was a bad offensive performance for wazoo and then you know bengal Branson looked like someone that you could be a serviceable quarterback. I wouldn't go that far. No. Uh he was he was he was pretty bad in this
0: game. Um I mean he's averaging 5.9 yards a throw through a pick. Um only completed 50% of his passes. Like I don't think they got competent quarterback play. I think they got below average play. It's just I think Jonathan Smith's a really good coach. Yeah. Um and they've 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 developed they have an identity on defense that um even though they're not, like, qualitatively great, I actually think they're one of the top-half defenses in the league this year.
1: Yeah, no, they they definitely – and they've had some games where they played really well. Uh, we got a comment. Ben Goldbranson will be the next. Chase Garbers. Wait and see. Now, I don't think he's going to be MVP of the league for five years running. No way. Like Chase no, Garbers I, I, was.
0: I, 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 sincerely, I'm like, I, I don't think he's any good.
1: I think Chase Garbers just got better seeing how bad Cal is now. Right. <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> it's like – <laughs> Delta Kincaid catching passes after the game. We're just, we have to give more accolades to Chase Garbers for how bad Cal yeah. is playing right now. But Br- um, Brian
0: says Phoenix was huge this weekend, and I agree.
1: I can put that up there. Hold on for you. Boom. Phoenix, nice, Phoenix, nice comment, Phoenix, Brian. Phoenix was huge. He, <laughs> Any other thoughts on this one? Um, you know, good win. So Oregon State was like dead to Stanford last week, right? Now they're 5 and 2. You know, they get this win, um, you know, who knows what can happen, but they, you know, they should have lost last week, did not. And now they're, you know, they're going to they're going to be bowl eligible pretty quick. And uh we, you know, I predicted them to to win like nine or 10 games or something. So I mean, I don't know if they're going to get there, Yeah, but, I mean like look at what they have left. So right now they're at 5 and
0: 2. Yeah. They've got Colorado at home. I mean, okay. Uh they've got at Washington. I I think that's going to be a playable game. Sure, they could win that. They got Cal at home, worst team in the Pac-12, worst team in the history of football. Uh, then it's at ASU, another another winnable in interim, road game.
1: Interim head coach. Yeah.
0: Uh, and then it's Oregon at home. Yeah. I mean, look, in aggregate, probably at least three and two. And,
1: and you, with it, you certainly could, upside is better. Yeah,
0: you you've got some upside on three and two.
1: Yeah. Especially if they get a little bit healthier at the quarterback position. Uh the beeves I was a little worried about that because like looking at our picks and everything, um, I'm also looking at I think we're doing a pretty good job of predicting like where the wins or losses were gonna be, like what what the overall record for these teams are gonna be. Like we've been pretty good at that. And I was a little worried because I had, you know, there was a lot of upside for me with Oregon State, but you know, to get the five wins not getting the USC win was was bad because that was a fifty-fifty game. Yeah, and they, they could have pulled it off. But you know, they were—they were—they were, de- were going to lose to Stanford, which you shouldn't have lost to, and then get that win. Now you got a couple of interim head coaches coming up on the schedule. Yeah, I mean, there's some winnable games, So, Yeah, I think they're—you know—they're not going to get to. I think I said ten. I don't remember. But they're—you know, this could easily be a nine-win Oregon State team. <sighs> so is that it, or do we have any more games to cover? We have more. Oh, okay. Um, let's see. We had. We talked about Washington. Uh, we have our number four team, Utah Utes. Now, this is what I didn't even do this. This is David and uh, our number three team, even though they lost USC Trojans. Well,
0: did they really lose, or did the refs take it away from them? Come on, Ryan. Uh, the like, ref, uh, so. clearly in a just society, uh, USC would be undefeated right now and would have beaten everyone by I don't know four, maybe five touchdowns. If only the refs weren't pitted against them at all times. Uh, I would say
1: you're close. Like the Um. Washington
0: State game. Like, I can't believe that they only gave that offensive lineman targeting for that. They should have not only ejected him from that game, but every subsequent game. He had the temerity to hit a USC player. Yeah,
1: on his front side. So I see what you're doing, but unfortunately, it's not going to work. Um, um, and 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 like we're going to talk about this. Okay, game, David, okay, okay. All right. So so the so USC USC awful.
0: USC doesn't. You know, they don't get called for that safety, and everyone's complaining about that. Right? They don't get called for that holding in the end zone, and everyone's okay. complaining about that. And you're like, David. Well, of
1: course. Why would they ever get called for holding I, in the end zone? Do you zone? want me to mute you? Because I'll do that. You're trying to mitigate the fact that the that. Unfortunately, the result of the game was altered because of officiating.
0: Oh, God. Is this the first it time in Pac-12 history that's no, happened?
1: It never said that. You can stop. Is this uh, the only time it's ever? <laughs> <laughs> so good thing I have control. Uh, yes. I think Lincoln Riley said it best that the officiating of the game was poor, uh, saying it was awful. I don't think it was biased. Unfortunately, the calls became biased. You don't get it. You you get to stop. (laughs) I'll just put it on me. (laughs) So uh, so you're off screen and off mic. Uh, Unfortunately, the calls, the the big calls went uh, against USC, and it did change the outcome of the game. There wasn't – Utah had two yards of penalties in the first half. If I do a jerk. You you can't see anything. No, you can't. You're, you're off camera and you're off mic. I can't do the jerking so attention. it's good. Yeah, you could do it. But no one could see it because the, the, the one on camera. Um, but that does, USC had there were probably ten things, single things they could have done differently that were in their control to win this game. Utah didn't have a lead until there was what 50 seconds left or whatever. Like they didn't take a lead until the final seconds of the game. But it does the 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 officiating unfortunately took away from the game Attica, Attica, yeah it Attica. took away from the game uh there was bad calls on both sides like the stupid um you know calling a timeout in the middle of a play giving usc more time the problem is that that didn't change the result there was no scoring on that one the only call um, that
0: took away points was the missed
1: hold no that is not true and there was there was missed holds oh my god did, did you know there was no hold we there was holding on no there was Calls that could have taken away points on Cam uh, Rising's run-in. There's a picture of the guy completely getting held on the two-point conversion. So you know, were talk about holds on both sides. You can call holds on every play. But taking away an interception that led to a touchdown and then another phantom uh, roughing the passer call that Brock Heward was all over on the thing. The point is, and then we're going to go back to this. Uh, here, I'll put you back. That's not why USC lost. The officiating was so bad that it did alter the result the you know the result was changed because of the officiating which sucks especially when it's the marquee All right, game. So
0: I'll make a sincere point here. Yeah. Okay. Was the officiating on the roughing the passers both pretty bad? Yes. yes, agreed. 100% agreed. Here's the thing. What is unknowable and unquantifiable is how that actually affects the outcome of the game. Because so here's the thing, even if USC gets that pick in the end zone, yep. it's at the 20 yard line. There yeah. were enough drives in this game. It wasn't every drive, and certainly USC was scoring at will for a portion of this game. But there were enough drives in this game where USC stalled out. So they punted twice. They yeah, were, but that's enough. I mean, that's it. Could have happened again, and from the twenty yard line, the odds are you know fifty fifty probably. No, they're not.
1: 50-50. All right. Well, what are the drives? There, there were definitely not fifty fifty. 50 the, the problem like that was the if USC goes up twenty one nothing there, it's a completely different game. Maybe. Which a, yeah. But here's but, the thing. But the point is like USC did they've done enough, they made enough mistakes on their own that they had control over that they could have won the game.
0: Was one of the mistakes um never covering the tight end.
1: Brent Keefe, Brent Keefe, was not there. Correct. The best tight end for Utah.
0: But did they make Dalton we saw Kincaid look Dalton like— Dalton
1: Kincaid was like former FCS walk on, correct? He looked like Travis Kelsey. Mm-hmm. Um and he's a blocking he had, tight end, right? He <laughs> caught he was targeted 16 times, caught 16 balls. I was there. I saw it. It was crazy. Great environment. I think the must was going. It was a record crowd for Utah. Um, even if the the officiating doesn't change the result, which you know you can argue I definitely would argue that, it it just screwed the game up. Um right, I was so- talking with with like Consano a little bit about this. He's like he was ta- the referee was talking himself in circles, like he was like making so, things up. Okay, You're like, right, what right. is going on? Two here?
0: things going on here one, no one is going to dispute that the reffing was horrible in this game. Yes, no one should dispute that. Um, it was bad, but here's the thing there was enough stupid crap on both sides of this, and I'm not saying both were equally impactful, right? I'm just saying there was enough there was enough stupid sides. crap on both sides that the part that drives me kind of crazy is the conspiratorial talk. That this is somehow biased against USC because my takeaway from it is this is the simple incompetence of Pac 12 refereeing. And it happens, and sometimes you're gonna feel screwed. Sometimes the other team's gonna feel screwed. I'm sure Washington, and this is why I brought up the Washington State thing, I'm sure that fan base felt just as screwed last weekend. But they do not have a media base that's going to amplify it to the extent that USC's is going to I, after this. Th- dude, game. it's
1: not the media base. Brock Hewitt was saying it on the, the the national broadcast. Like, I'm listening to national podcasts, and they're bringing it up. Like, What was Wazoo Washington on? State what channel his,
0: was Wazoo on?
1: They lost by 15. Was that on the
0: Pac-12 network? They
1: lost by 15 points. Was like, that on the Pac-12 network? Uh, Wazoo at No, at it was Fox.
0: Fox or Fox Sports 1?
1: Yeah, it was Fox. Um, I believe it was Fox. That was a 15-point game. This wasn't a 1-point game that the one team was winning the entire time and then losing Well, at okay. The end. So, so yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's changing things. Yeah, okay. But so. it was bad. You would have for for the Pac-12 to be biased, the refs to be biased, you have to have a level of competency that you could actually try to alter the game. All right, they so are we're, not competent agreement. We're in agreement, we're in agreement on yeah, that. Yeah, they're not competent enough right. to do that.
0: Yeah, it's it's sort of like the old theory about like governmental conspiracies. You're like, no, they're not have, competent enough to do this. Exactly. 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 They these can't refs take are care not, of this.
1: These refs are not competent enough yeah. to be. So uh, now, if like, if UCLA goes to Oregon this weekend and gets like jobbed all the time, you're like, you're well, so I think it. I think the but Pac-12's, if, if, the Pac-12's priority at this point is money. And I think the reality is
0: their bias in this game, if they had one, was going to be in favor of USC, not yeah. against them. Because I think whatever spite they might have, at the end of the day, a team making the CFP is more important than any of that spite. Yeah. Um, So I don't think any of that is true. Um, And the thing that I would take away from this game, if I were a USC fan, is the correctable failures rather than the stuff that you can't control. And the thing is, did you – here's what I would concede. USC got a little bit more job than Utah did in this game. I don't think it was significant enough to like – because at the end of the day, a penalty doesn't give a team points. The only missed penalty, and I do mean this sincerely, that actually affected the scoreboard and not – you know, yardage and additional opportunities to use that stupid Heward saying, bites at the apple. Because that's what those roughing the passers did. They gave they gave Utah two more bites at the apple, so to speak. The only one that actually removed points from the board was when they missed the holding in the end zone. Because that was no no
1: they missed the holding on the Cam rising two point conversion. That's the same thing. Okay, fine. Take I mean, that's that. like – but you can look at missed holding but, but, all the time. But
0: all that did was remove a bite at the apple because it didn't – so the penalty itself there isn't affecting the points. A penalty – that does. No, no, no. They scored you know, two points. They scored two points on a penalty, but then that would have just redone the down. You know what I mean? It would have just yeah. changed the play. It doesn't actually remove or add points. A holding in the end zone is a safety. And so if they had called holding, that would have been two points. Okay. My, that's my point. But anyway – um the point is all of that is um it's it's the stuff you can't control. The stuff you can control, Lincoln Riley completely screwing up clock management 100%. on Utah's last drive, like that's something that's controllable and it's not based on players playing. Players playing are going to make mistakes. A head coach paying, getting paid that much money shouldn't fuck that up. Yeah. And he did. And I don't know how much he owned up to it. I was I, I read the thing, and he said it was like kind of a 50-50 call. He said he it was, was a – yeah. None but of that. No, I was on the
1: field, and I was like, there's no way USC should be – USC, USC should be calling timeouts. There's no way you can let this – And Caleb Williams down. is really good, and I still
0: felt with 48 seconds to go, he had a good chance. I thought they were stupid to run the ball out of the end zone. But yeah. with, with 48 seconds, I still thought he had a chance with a couple of timeouts. But the chances would have been better with a minute 30 and no timeouts. Um, time, time
1: matters more than timeouts at that point. Here's Alex. Hold on. David bringing facts, Ryan bringing feelings. No, this is not about feelings. This is the game. I was there. I saw. There were facts. Like, if you if you're going to tell me that USC gets an interception in zone, that doesn't change the game because of that call. Like, that's that's just something. I mean, that's the that's a fact. Like, that's a real thing. Yeah. Um, I just think, um, you know, maybe like,
0: would Clay Helton have fucked that up so bad on that final drive for Utah? Would he have messed up the timeout usage? Actually, the funny thing about the Clay Helton <laughs> thing is he wouldn't have had any timeouts at that point because they would have had to spend them on twelve men on the field on special teams.
1: Oh, they would have had twelve men. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, Greg says Ruffin Password was pretty bad. Yeah, that's the other thing. When you watch like the SEC games, I tweeted this out. Like they showed one like complete targeting in the the Tennessee Alabama game. I think I tweeted, like, in the Pac-12, not only would it have been triple targeting, but the player would have been expelled from school. Like, And that's not even a penalty in the SEC. I just want – in general, I don't want to see the one game that's two ranked opponents playing each other dominated by officiating. And unfortunately, this was. They were reviewing things. that weren't targeting. They were – the ref was on the mic all the time and it takes it away. There was one sequence
0: where um the head coaches each had to go on the field to talk to the ref for like 3 minutes on like I think 3 straight plays.
1: And then they reviewed like something
0: else about like what like the 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 interception was ridiculous. So what two things? One I think it's a kind of a missed spot in the rules that if there's a penalty and the other team intercepts it, they can just run the ball for a while and, and the, the clock should run. It should but have been that eight is, seconds. <laughs> that is in the
1: rules. Yeah, it should have been eight seconds. There should not have put more time on the clock. No, there that shouldn't have been
0: com- more. It should have actually been like if you were going to pick a time, it should have been less time because the yeah. clock stopped for a period. But whatever. Um, that stuff is, you know, because Utah won, nobody cares. But if Utah had lost that because they get two plays instead of Oh, that would have one, been egregious. It would have been horrible. Um, and I think that's. That would have and, changed the outcome of the game and, by and a terrible this is, call. Th- this is what I'll say just being just being um, impartial. Um, is uh, whoever lost this game was going to have a beef um, yeah. because of the refs. Um, and I think USC is, is legitimate. You know, those rough in the passer calls, they did affect the game. Um, I don't know. Again, it's kind of unquantifiable because they were one of them was so early that it's hard to say, well, what would the complexion of the game look like right, at that yeah. point? And Utah had one at the very end, which because if that had led to Utah losing, that one would have been easier to say, Oh, well, holy shit. Like this is this is the thing that affected the game. So
1: Well, there was a fourth quarter rough in the passer too. So there was an early we, one. We can all throw, yeah. we
0: can all shake hands on one thing. Pac twelve refs are a beautiful thing. Um, they bring something to our game that other leagues just simply don't have, and we should all appreciate them more.
1: I think uh, Kegs and Eggs tweeted something like every every conference fans complain about their refs, but there's something that's always been about the Pac 12 refs that so they seem like they're on acid. And it was kind of funny. I was like, yep, yeah, that's, that's uh, pretty true. I just don't want to see like this weekend when we have, there's only four games the marquee game, Oregon and UCLA. If it's dominated by Pac-12 refs again, you're like, what are you doing? Like, let the dudes play. We don't want to see flags on every play and all that kind of stuff. Um, We will. It's the Pac-12. Come on. But for the Utes, holy cow. I mean, there has been some criticism of the way Cam Rising was playing. He played lights out almost 500 yards total, uh, ran the ball really well. He ran for three touchdowns. USC could not stop. Yeah, no, he, he went full warrior poet in this one.
0: Um, the the two plays from essentially the one to score the touchdown and then the two-point conversion. Missed hold for sure. But the read on those plays, um, what he was doing um, with his legs in this one, when yeah. they needed a big play, he was always there. He would there. just do it.
1: Um, just a really incredible game from him. Caleb Williams was outer world. They five touchdowns. I mean, he was just spinning he, around. He's a freak show back there. Now, was,
0: he, he's got to learn – Still a little bit because he's taken some sacks that he doesn't need to take. But there's a, there's so much upside there. Like what he's doing downfield with that arm
1: it's nuts. It was insane uh, what he was able to do. They probably should have ran the ball more. But you score 42 points. You're like, you know, they scored as many as, as UCLA did against Utah, but just didn't give up that many. These were the two top scoring defenses in the back 12. Yeah. There wasn't a whole lot of defense being played. In Again, remember the thing with the scoring defense
0: is, and this is where I made the point before the uh, UCLA Utah game. Utah played Oregon State with a, you know, uh, Nolan getting hurt, Ben Goldbranson, kept him to 16 points. Then they played dead Arizona State, kept him to 13. San Diego State does not have an offense. They scored seven, and Southern Utah is an FCS school. Um, they just they haven't played good offenses. They've now played two, and they gave up 42 points each time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and for USC it's it's a little similar. It's not entirely the same thing, but it's a little bit similar. Utah's got the first really really good offense that they've played and Utah scored
1: 43 points. Yeah. Um so we'll see. Uh but it gives Utah life again. This was a must-win game for the Utes, uh probably more than USC. Um if you're talking like, yeah, you get a 1 point loss on the road. That environment was great. I mean, they had a moment of loudness instead of uh silence and um that was cool um you know with the number 22 and the hand painted stuff like that was really neat and it was a, a you know a record-setting crowd uh for rice eccles stadium and stuff so just a cool environment i'm looking forward to this weekend because it's gonna be a really fun one and you know Austin with uh you know college game day and all that kind of stuff too so hopefully the refs don't screw that one up we just get to see like a fun kind of game but where what do you think about utah now like there's four teams that are basically competing for the two spots. I think
0: there are four teams that are almost exactly the same. Um, I think it's four teams with really good offenses, and I think you'd walk away from this Utah game, even without Keithy. They've got a really good offense. Uh, you you put Cam Rising back there, he's going to make some things happen, and they've got enough weapons in the receiving game. And, I mean, Tavion Thomas is still not at the fullest of his powers. Um, if he continues to round into form, um, they've got a really good offense. USC has a really, really good offense. UCLA has a really, really good yeah. offense, and Oregon has a really, really good offense. Do any of those teams have a defense? File not found. Um, but uh, they've all got really good offenses, and so I think it's um, it's going to be a lot of fun, high-scoring games between these teams. Yeah. And I'm expecting another one this weekend.
1: I am, too. Uh, all right. Let's, oh, um, what was I going to say with the... Uh, there was Utah... Oh, um... Yeah, we have our we still have uh two teams left. The two teams were on a bye. Uh our number 2 team, Oregon Ducks. And our number 1 team, UCLA Bruins. And of course they're going to play this, week. this weekend. So that's going to be uh a lot of fun. Okay. Um we're like 56. Let's take a quick break and we'll come back. And uh was there anything else on that we were going to uh discuss on no, this No, I think one? I think we got it all out. Yeah. Oh, you. So Utah first time they got back to back wins against USC since nineteen fifteen, nineteen sixteen. Good God. So uh, good, and I got this one right. So I had you had you were like Utah was going to win by seventy, but um, it was three and a half points. I took the points. Great and, teams. Uh, good teams win. Great, great teams, teams cover. cover. USC covered this one. That was it. Was funny when they when uh, he went for two when Kyle Whittingham went for two. I'm like I got the cover <laughs> no matter what. Like it's pretty good. I was um, so mad. <laughs> <laughs> you needed like a tie I needed a tie in overtime. In that overtime. Yeah. yeah.
0: I was hoping for the pick 6 on cuz you know pick 6s happen a lot on a uh,
1: potential game winning drives. So I was hoping for it. There could have been a yeah, something yeah. like that. There was the pick uh yeah. and there was a back. Okay, uh let's take a quick break and we'll be back in all right how was your break it was pretty good how about yours that's great we only got uh four games to uh preview this week uh we got buys usd on a buy washington state on a buy utah on a buy and arizona on a buy so we got four games and we got to start with the best one two top 10 teams college game day first trip to the west coast uh it's gonna be a good one we just played these sounds for you but it's ucla bruins on the road taking on oregon ducks
0: number nine versus number 10 because for some goddamn reason tcu jumped both these teams uh 1230 p.m in eugene oregon mm. on big fox big fox six and O Bruins number nine in the country taking on the number 10 ducks five and one uh Oregon is a six point home favorite um UCLA has only played one road game so far at yeah. Colorado doesn't really count um it was Carl Durrell Colorado we'll, we'll say uh it was uh, uh BKdF uh before Carl Durrell's firing gotcha <laughs> um and uh so UCLA hasn't really experienced a road environment and boy howdy what a road environment to mm. experience. Um, and Stadium, uh, one of the loudest environments in the Pac 12. Right.
1: Um, are you talking, you've been talking some, some trash, I think. Yeah. yeah the Ducks. Yeah.
0: But, uh, look, Twitter me versus podcast me versus <laughs> actual preview me. Um, you know, it's, 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 a, these are all different deals. I contain many multitudes. Um, yeah. all right. So UCLA and Oregon both have really good offenses. Uh, I think their offenses, I, so Oregon's is, um, They have a really good run game, but I would also say Bo Nix has been a lot better than anyone reasonably could have predicted based off of his Auburn performance. Um, UCLA, uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson is playing better than he's ever played. Um, They're not having to throw deep too much, but it's really they're not having to. Um, They're throwing intermediate to short really, really well, and guys are making plays. Um, And their run game is very good. Uh, Zach Charbonnet is one of the best running backs in the league. Uh, Both offenses, I think, are going to be able to move the ball, score it well. Defensively, I think UCLA is going to be able to take advantage of Oregon's pass defense. I think Oregon might have to get a little bit more out of its comfort zone and try to attack UCLA's pass defense. um, Because I think UCLA's run defense, at this point, you have to concede. It's decent. Um, I don't know if it's faced a, a team as good as this one, but it's still decent. So... With that, I think I'm going to take UCLA plus six. I don't know if I'm taking UCLA to win at this point. Six just feels like a lot. I think this feels more like a field goal game.
1: Interesting. All right. Um, this Just watching what the Pac-12 teams have done when they go on the road, they just look like different teams. If this was like seven and a half, I would take UCLA. But it's the fact that it's under a touchdown. I'm going to take uh, the Ducks here. Um, just seeing what these home teams are able to do. Both teams coming off a bye, that can change things. We've seen teams play a lot better, you know, coming off bye weeks. We, you know, we saw what Colorado was able to do. But I just feel like this road thing is real. You know, uh, the fact that Washington State goes in and loses by 14 to Oregon State is just being on the road, and that's not that far. Um, yeah, I think the Ducks are going to, you know, score a bunch of points. UCLA can control the clock. Their, their offense has been really good. But uh, I'll take the Ducks here uh, and lay the six and see what okay. happens. Okay. Hell yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, we got our next game. Arizona State Sun Devils. <laughs> on the road taking on Stanford Cardinals.
0: And thus begins the slate of games I have no feel for. Uh, 1 p.m. on the Pac-12 network. Uh, ASU, um, when last we saw ASU, uh, they were beating Washington. uh, Well, not blown them out, but uh, scoring 45. Um, uh, Stanford, when last we saw them, uh, they were somehow, I would describe it as lose winning against uh, Notre Dame. Yes. Um, I still don't think Stanford is any good. Arizona State might have a pulse. Give me ASU.
1: Yeah. Plus three. I'm gonna agree with you here. God, it's tough. Um, but you're getting points on the road at least. You're getting three points. I think you're gonna get that Stanford's getting like this a lot of credit for going on the road and beating Notre Dame. This isn't gonna be a road environment, uh, for Arizona State. They look much better. Um, you know, the last time we saw them, you know, going into the the bye week. Um yeah, I think Arizona State's going to get this one done on the road. I can feel it being a close game. I don't see Stanford sort of, like, blowing them out. So, you're getting three points here. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to take Arizona State, and I'm going to agree with you on this one. All right. Uh, next up, we've got, fresh off a win, Colorado Buffalo. On the road, taking on... Oregon State Beavers. Uh,
0: all right, so 5 p.m. are on the Pac-12 Network, Colorado at Oregon State. Oregon State's a 24-and-a-half-point favorite. We have now gotten past the point of the season where it was easy to pick Colorado because—
1: 24-and-a-half points? Tw- it was a or, bit— no,
0: 24 we have, right? Or you have 24-and-a-half? Oh, it moved to 24-and-a-half. So let's just go 24-and-a-half? Yeah, 24-and-a-half. Okay. Um, literally since I wrote in that an hour ago. Wow. Um So it was easy to pick Colorado— Easy to pick against them because it was essentially a meme. It was a bit uh, Mm. that was also making us money. Uh, The question is Mm. whether Colorado's um, improvement is simply a Cal effect or whether it was real. Yeah. Um, And I think I'm going to split the difference and 24 and a half points is too much. And I'm just going to take Colorado plus 24 and a
1: half. Yes. I mean – Oregon State scored 24 points last week at home. Like yeah. I mean, I, that's a lot of points. Like if Colorado scores a couple times like I don't I don't know and their defense the, the only much te- better.
0: Yeah, the only team uh Oregon State's beaten by that much is Montana State at home.
1: Yeah, and Colorado look, like if this was 3 weeks ago Colorado with Carl Durrell I would seriously consider Ugh. taking Oregon State. But they showed a they, pulse. They not just a – like that was a good defensive performance. Like Oregon State's been pretty shaky on offense and that's just so many points. Uh yeah, I I just couldn't I couldn't even believe when I saw that. And the fact that it moved up to 24 and a half um we could easily lose this pick for sure, but I I don't know how I could I I, I don't, my head would not hit the pillow and I wouldn't be like I cannot do this. Like 24 and a half points for a Colorado team that's actually showed um some improvement after the bye week interim head coach. Yeah. Give me the buffs on this one. Uh, I don't know what else we could do. All right. The last one we've got Washington Huskies <laughs> on the road, taking on the aforementioned California golden bears,
0: <laughs> Seven thirty on ESPN, uh, Washington five and two on the road at Berkeley. Uh, they're three and three. Washington is a seven and a half point favorite. Um, Cal's horrible. Um, their offense, uh, I think, is ill-equipped to take advantage of Washington's uh, deficits. Um, and I think Washington, you know, uh, Phoenix has gotten right. Um, you know, he was able to stand erect in the pocket and deliver some balls. Um, so I think uh, I'm going to take Washington minus the seven and a half here.
1: Yeah, I will, too. That the, the half makes me a little bit uh, worried. And You know, does Cal kind of get back? Do they get right? Um, I mean, I don't know how you bounce back from that. Like, who did Cal lose to last year? Arizona, one and eleven. Like, you've now given you gave Arizona their only win last year. I get it was COVID that shouldn't have happened and all that stuff, but now you've given Colorado its only win. You've ruined our zero and twelve dreams. All of that stuff. Um, I don't know if you bounce back from that. Like, there are losses that you can rally around and bounce back from I'm not sure if you can from this one so a Washington team that we've seen their offense sort of go away at times but they've scored points right uh I think they're gonna score a bunch of points on Cal and uh, even though it's on the road and I don't like this you know laying all these points on the road uh yeah that's just a lot so I, I it's just a lot I think for Cal to overcome I don't think it's gonna be some crazy home environment uh so give me uh give me the dogs all right,
0: so we only disagree on the UCLA Oregon game.
1: I know. I don't feel great about that one either. No, I don't think uh, just well, the road like the road stuff is like every time the road the road the home team wins like they just keep winning in the Pac. My 12.
0: my context for it is basically what you, USC and Utah did this past weekend Maybe because close however like that. you slice it, it was like pretty close to a fifty fifty game. Once Utah got it rolling, it was just score 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 yeah. score score. So I'm expecting sort of like that kind of ping pong battle, and it's just going to be. Who breaks serve first? And if nobody does, who's willing to go for two at the end, you know? Um, And uh, so it might be a touchdown or it might be a field goal, but I don't see this being much more than a one-score game.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't think we had really any – if you have questions in the chat, just put questions there and I'll look at it. But we've got some voicemails and we got some uh, uh, emails and stuff to get to. So let's jump into questions. First, we got this one.
0: Hey, what's up, guys? It's Perk. Um, I'm sure you guys might have uh, talked about it a few weeks ago when you were talking about kind of David Shaw and the Stanford job. But um, I was wondering, in the event that they do fire him or, or move on from them this year, although I doubt that's unlikely after they beat Notre Dame, um, I was wondering what are they, what type of candidate or who are the candidates that you think would be uh, really good for the Stanford job? Um, I know you guys kind of addressed Colorado and such, but I'm kind of wondering what your guys' thoughts were on Stanford. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I don't hmm. I don't actually know who would be good at this point. I think it's gotta be somebody who's um I think the reality is you've gotta drag Stanford's kicking and screaming into uh the twenty first century of football, um, NIL era and all that kind of stuff. So you gotta have somebody who's like willing and able to fight against the administration and fight, you know, all of these entities because um, that's the only way Stanford remains competitive is if they're willing to do those sorts of things. Yeah. Um, and so
1: I don't know who that is. Um, it, he just got like a 10 year extension by beating Notre Dame. So I don't know what you're talking about. It's, it's not been broken yet, but that's what my sources have told me. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think this. Is, we don't even need to talk about this perk. He just beat Notre Dame. Like they weren't going to fire him if they went one and 11 and now they yeah, beat Notre no, Dame. There's no like, way
0: they're firing him. But um, if they were eventually going to move on, it needs to be, and that's the thing: is the entity hiring him would be the entity that he would be fighting against. Um, so I just, really, it depends on what directionally uh, Stanford wants to do. Yeah. Um, because they might want to, you know, move down a level. They might want to move Ivy League. They might want to never participate in this stuff. And if they don't, okay. But what that
1: means is either you're going to be non-competitive in FBS or drop down a level. Um. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That. Stanford has to make a decision on where you want to go because college football is changing. Stanford hasn't. I don't think you can survive without being able to not only bring in transfers, but you can't even keep your seniors that that graduate and then they want to do grad school and they can't get into your own grad school. So I think that's a problem. EVS had a little comment. Was that an actual Stanford fan calling in? Uh, No, it wasn't. Yeah. Perk is not. He's uh, Washington, right?
0: No, he's an Ohio State fan.
1: Ohio State fan. But yeah. this is... Hello, Ryan.
0: Hello, Sith Lord Dave. Well, well, well. It's halftime with the Notre Dame-Stanford game. Expectations could not be higher for the Cardinal. In fact, I'm so confident I'm not even going to watch the second half. Our <laughs> defensive personnel, our schemes, our lockdown running game, and our incredible game management and play calling, this game is over, <laughs> Ten zero. So, uh, just wanted to find out: uh, Do either of you feel bad for calling Stanford? butt? because this is clearly already a victory, a gutsy victory at that. And would you be willing to call Stanford gut with a G from here on out? Keep it mediocre, boys. Nice. The gut does lead to the butt. It does. It's on the way. Same same <laughs> items pass through it. <laughs> just in their different form. Right. At one point versus other. I mean, will they move further up the gastrointestinal tract as
1: the season goes on? Um I for I mean, we have Stanford at number 10. Like they're almost a single digits in the power <laughs> rankings. So I think that's something. Uh but yes, that's an actual Stanford fan calling in. Yeah, that was beautiful. All uh, right, uh what's our first actual question? Our first question is I think it's from Mike Ryan and Dave, question for both of you, mostly Ryan as an SC alum. Obviously, USC has a good team with some great players, good coaching. However, there are some other factors that impact the outcome, and they often do. So, this is so he's talking about the this from last week, the Washington State. You skipped over a
0: bunch of questions.
1: Did I? Oh, wait, no, no, you're good. My bad. You're good. I think so. No, you're good. Um, So, he was talking about the the LA Times wrote each of the USC touchdown drives was benefited by a well timed penalty. and then someone in the LA Times also wrote, "Number six Trojans were lucky, and they were good Saturday. Good fortune, most notably when two Cougar penalties nullified at an apparent interception in the third quarter." Like I like your opinion on the relative contributions USC's win on Saturday. Good play, refereeing, just plain luck. Thanks, Mike. This email was seven
0: days ago from a Washington State fan. Interesting, right? But this was after we recorded. Right, right. But it's about the refereeing potentially tilting the outcome away
1: from their beloved Cougs and towards the USC Trojans. Right. I would say that the refereeing in that game was bad mm-hmm. and it favored USC. Mm-hmm. I don't think it directly, mm. because of the 15 points, it didn't, I don't think it changed the outcome. Oh, but
0: when did these penalties happen? Did they happen early enough that it could have changed the outcome? I mean,
1: it would alter the score. I don't mm. think it would directly have changed mm. the outcome. Oh, but yeah. it would benefit – it certainly benefited USC over Washington State in that one. Okay. Um, but they end up – you know, if you're talking about losing by 15 and you're like, hey, the, the calls were bad, you lose by – I mean, it's, I just think it's different. I mean, obviously that's different. But, yes, I think this was one where we saw incompetent refereeing and the, the majority of them benefited USC over Washington State.
0: Okay. Yeah. All right. Interesting. Interesting. Yes. Uh, this is from uh, Greg Penix. Yeah. I agree with Dave on the pronunciation of Penix. If there were two ends, then it would be penix. It's like the difference between dinner and diner. Thank you, Greg. I thought you would love that one. Exactly of, yeah. my <laughs> point. Exactly my point. <laughs> because you could
1: you have like the literary rules. The only
0: <laughs> change here is the X instead of the S. Hmm. So I'm just following what my guide, what oh, my what my good. gut, what my Stanford gut, my butt is telling me here.
1: Stanford gut butt. Uh, Nice Okay My gut butt So we had two text messages from the same number Mm -hmm. Uh, One uh, From Larry Bagina Uh, Larry Bagina Bagina Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Personally I have no issues with Dave's pronunciations of Michael Penix's name Penix's name Mm -hmm. And then from Johnny Hildo Mm -hmm. I'm very disappointed in Dave's childish pronunciation of Michael Penix's name Beautiful Nice uh back to back text there.
0: All right, we've got another one. Uh Sharbs, so Charbonnet, uh Dorian Thompson Robinson or Jake Bobo, or Caleb Williams, Jordan Addison, and Travis Die. Let me know which one you'd rather have. Oh,
1: so the trio, uh Charbonnet, DTR, and uh and Mike Bobo, the Duke transfer. Pre
0: Jordan Addison injury, obviously.
1: Yes. Um
0: all right, so I, and you can you can describe me as biased or whatever, I would take DTR over Caleb Williams this year. Ooh. I would take Charbonnet
1: over Travis Dye, and I would take Jordan Addison over Jake Bobo. Gotcha. But as a trio? As a trio? Um, I'm I, still going the USC trio. I think the Addison over Bobo is Addison over Bobo is
0: significant because it adds a weapon. Like, what they were doing with Addison on the play he got hurt on, for example, um, the end-around stuff. Like they can't, you can't do that with Jake Bobo. Um, right. And I don't know. I think it's pretty close to a wash, but.
1: Um, yeah, I think it's, I, I mean, obviously all three of those guys. Yeah. Are both sides <laughs> what are we talking about here? It's three, uh, three really good players. Yeah, but teams. a good question. I like yep. it.
0: Uh, this is from Frank in Sacramento. UCLA good. Oh, wait, you, this is you, isn't it?
1: Uh, Okay, it might be. UCLA good. There you go. Question for Dave. How did UCLA get two thirds of their games at home this season? They got to be good for two wins above the predicted. That's got to be good for two wins above the predicted rate. Frank and Sacramento. Well, UCLA bailed out of the Michigan game, right, or something?
0: I'll I'll, uh, I'll, I'll fight you. Uh, no, Michigan bailed on that game, so UCLA kind of went scrambling. Uh, they were that already might hurt.
1: Michigan too, because yeah, like no. they're up there now, and they were like their are out of conference schedule. Sucks, which it does. Yeah. They could have been playing UCLA like yeah. early on. Like that would be a huge, have been a huge marquee game, right? Um,
0: yeah, so they bailed on the game so UCLA was kind of scrambling late and that's when they added the FCS opponent. Um I would say the the schedule it was going to be two home and a road. Um but that still would have left them with seven home games. Um yeah. so it was going to be balanced in favor of home and sometimes they've done some really stupid stuff when they have the 5-4 split in conference where they add two road games in non-conference, mm. but they weren't doing that this year. Um, so it was just kind of luck of the draw that they ended up with eight. But yeah, I mean, I think it's it's benefited them. Um, you know, I d I don't think any of those opponents, if they played them on the road, they would have lost. Right. Maybe South Alabama. Um, but uh uh still it, it has benefited them. I mean, they've only played one true road game at this point. All right. Uh, are you? I think you're next. Yes, yeah, this is from Thomas. Uh, the resolution will not be televised. Hey guys, like most other listeners, I couldn't help but turn up the volume after Ryan mentioned that the exclusive negotiating window for the Pac-12 ended Friday. Oh, that's that's dry as a desert. Sarcasm right there. Mm. Uh, conspiracy theories on Reddit pages and Twitter burner accounts aside, uh, aside, it dawned on me that there was a very good reason no agreement was reached, and that would be wait for it the current win totals of USC and UCLA. Yes, I think that if there were ever a year for the rest of the league to dominate while the Bruins and Trojans wallowed in mediocrity, this would be it. The deepest and cruelest irony of the LA schools bolting for the Big Ten would be that their on-the-field success would encourage potential broadca- broadcast partners to lowball the Pac-12 conference as far as the value of the next TV deal. Just how much carnage do you think Chip Kelly winning that natty and Caleb Williams snagging the Heisman leaves in George Klyavkov's path? And furthermore, isn't the real competition this year for the conference championship not between schools but rather the loyalist block of Oregon and Utah versus the secessionist UCLA and USC? What are the chances that in Las Vegas we will see a school from each camp as opposed to both schools in the same one? Keep up the amazing work, Thomas. I don't know how this relates to the TV deal in any way. It sort
1: of like was starting one way and then came somewhere else. Now,
0: the question about um, – I think it is funny thinking about Oregon and Utah as the loyalists and UCLA and Utah, and USC as the secessionists. Ryan and I were talking after the show last week about how funny it is that this year of all years, UCLA and USC have picked to be good. Yeah. Um, it's very funny. Um <laughs> We've been we've been waiting for it for a long time. It hasn't been coming. Yeah. Um, but if you have an issue
1: of like us talking about the LA schools being good, listen to the last six years of the show. Yeah. No. terrible. It's, it's just
0: us farting and pooping all over uh, USC and UCLA. Uh, no, they're actually good for once. Um, but my uh, the the point here, um, I think that'll be a, a funny little thing. Like once we get to that point, and if everyone's eliminated from the playoff, which still has a pretty good chance of happening. Um, well, you know, I think at that point maybe we start wondering about, you know, ref bias and stuff like that because uh, they're they're going to want Oregon or Utah to to, to win that game.
1: If, I kind of think his point of – I think there would be one from the secessionist camp and one from the, the loyalist camp, right? So I think well, like so, one of the USC and UCLA schools will go and then one of the Oregons or Utahs will go, I think. Yeah. That's it, my kind of thought. A
0: lot of it's going to depend um, on the remainder of the slate. Um, Oregon probably has the easiest path to – one or fewer losses because they get both of their tough opponents left at home. They get yeah. both Utah and UCLA at home. Um, and so they, sh- they, they, they could easily go nine and in conference. Well, not easily, but they could go nine and in conference. Yeah. Um, USC has a pretty easy path. All they have to do is beat UCLA basically on the road. Right. And then they've got one loss. Utah, obviously they need some, they need some help. Um, and UCLA has, USC and Oregon left. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it still sets up probably for the most likely outcome to be Oregon and USC. Um,
1: Oregon's got the toughest schedule, though. They have two oh well, they have home games, but they play two of well, those teams.
0: Left. I should say this. It sets up – the most likely scenario is Oregon versus one of USC and UCLA um, because a lot we determined more or less by UCLA and USC playing
1: each other on the 19th. Yeah, that's true. Um, all right. Well, thanks for that. Let's see. This is from Frank in Sarasota, not Sacramento. What if four teams end up 8-1? and one? If UCLA, Utah, USC, and Oregon all end up 8-1, which two teams go to the Pac-12 championship game? I think that's an impossibility. I yeah,
0: don't, I don't think they can because of what happened. Um, right. So USC has a loss now, and they still have to play UCLA. So if they beat UCLA, that's one loss for UCLA, which right. means UCLA will have had to have beaten Oregon, which is one loss for Oregon.
1: And Utah would have to beat Oregon because they already have a loss. They already have so a loss. So there's no way that there's,
0: all... no, there's no way for Oregon and Utah to both have one loss.
1: Yeah. Um, If you want everyone else to have one loss as well. Right. So, yeah, that's an impossibility. So there's no – Yeah. You know, thank you for wasting all of our time. God. <laughs>
0: Working our brains at this late hour, my God, in the show. It's obviously 11.05 a.m. Yeah. Get off my balls. Um. <laughs> all right. This is from Phil from Pullman. Media deal. Hypothetically speaking, if the Pac-12 was to buy some miracle, devise a media contract that is just as or more appealing than the Big Ten media deal, could USC and UCLA by chance uh, change their minds and stay in the Pac-12, or are they essentially locked into the Big Ten at
1: this point? Phil and Pullman, um, I don't know, because there was even talk like when the Pac-12 was talking of expanding and all that sort of slow down. Like, could you get like a Houston that was going to? the the big 12 but hasn't gone yet like what's signed like what is um you know what is what what are the contracts like I I don't know I'm not sure like if they've signed some kind of grant of rights already with the big 10 I would assume so um they have to sign something but I I don't know I don't do you know if they sign anything or like could they get out I, of it I mean at this I point?
0: would I would assume they signed something yeah um I don't know I think if they tried to get out of it now it depends on how eager Big Ten is but they've negotiated a media deal already based right on based on that their, uh, so I think it would come with some
1: and I, I don't think the Pac-12 could do a media deal that would be anywhere near without unless it was put in the deal that USC and UCLA were there like that's how you would get if they could somehow get numbers that are close to the Big Ten, but
0: why would would ha- have to? Have... Why would anyone be incentivized to create those numbers for
1: them? Yeah, I d- because Fox is already
0: like they're they're the reason this is happening in the first place, um, yeah. and I don't think ESPN has any dog in the fight. So I don't know.
1: Yeah, uh, I think and this is our last one. Stinking Cal, this one came in while we were recording. Um, this is from Ryan. I've been saying for years that, quote, Justin Wilcox is a good coach and a tough place to win, but no more. What was that, Cal? Heads need to roll. I've been knocked out of the survival pool by a Colorado team that was looking like the worst Power 5 team in 10 years. I may never get over missing out on a jockey gift card. Boyd in Boise. And it's a P.S. Cocky Dave is surprisingly entertaining. So how will the Bruins break his heart this year? I anxiously... Ancus- ancus- can you say yeah, that? No, words Anxiously. Ancus- Ankylis. Oh my God. Why anxiously. I, I could not say anxiously await. It is a long morning already. Anglosorously. Anglosorously <laughs> await the answer to that question. Oh my God. Um, all right so the,
0: the best the best way all right so if for're ranking the ways in which UCLA could break my heart, it's not losing this weekend at Oregon because that's almost expected. That's no, expected no, no. So what you what what there's two ways. one, you you beat Oregon. You're 7-0. and yes. You're ranked in the top five probably at that point. Yes. Top six. Lose to Stanford at home. That would be tough. That would be a tough one. Other way, you beat Stanford. You're 8-0. and You're top five for sure. Lose on the road at ASU. That would be tough. Because that would be a mimicry of 2005, the last time UCLA started a season, 8-0. They went to Arizona. Arizona, the university, not yes. the state university. And Willie Tuitama— Leader of the three and seven Wildcats. Um He was good in that game. Yeah, blew him away. Fresh true freshman Willie Tuitama. They lost fifty-two to fourteen as an eight-no team against a three and seven team. Um this would be very similar to that. So yeah. those would be the two games I'm eyeballing as heartbreakers. Because losing at Oregon, that's almost expected. It's I mean, I'm walking into that. It's a 50-50 game. I think it'll be a lot of fun. But yeah. losing it, winning it, pff, even if they get blown away, I'll be like, Oh, okay, well, that's they're still on pace for probably 10 and 2. But walking out of that, you know how sky high I'm going to be if they win that game and mm-hmm. then Stanford or ASU knocks them off. That'll be fun. No. That'll lead to some fun POC action.
1: Under undefeated UCLA, USC one loss. That'll just be fun.
0: No. Like even if they lost that one, that would just be fun.
1: What if it's a UCLA up 28-7 in the first half and then lose?
0: Uh Look, will it rip my still beating heart out? Sure, but at the but like the thing but I think
1: that this it has to be one of those underdogs. Like it has to be the no, team that it, yeah, shouldn't. It beat has you. to
0: be something totally unexpected that just kicks you in the dick. Um, like something that has already fallen on the ground and takes you down. Uh, that's that's the UCLA way. Um, no, losing to Oregon or USC, it's like oh, okay, well that was predicted before the season, so who cares? Right. But losing to ASU or Stanford at this point, that would be the that would be the real.
1: The real kick in the pants. All right. We got some uh, YouTube questions from Big T3. Dave, will you visit a barber before the end of the year? I, for my beard? Uh, I don't know. You just said barber.
0: I mean, I'll probably get a haircut at some point, but no, I I do my own beard. Okay. That's why it looks so good.
1: And then he also wanted to know do you believe, uh, who do you believe will have the upper hand in taking the quarterback job next year for UCLA? And then do you expect a big step back for – he left out a, a letter, the ruins next year. Oh, weird,
0: weird, weird. And he capitalized the R. He capitalized the R. Strange. So he just missed – Yeah, I, missed I don't know. The maybe, maybe the B yeah, key's not working. Yeah, the B key's not working. Um, but he's got other – anyway. Um. <laughs> uh so quarterback next year um i think it's going to be player to be named later i think they're going to go pick somebody up in the transfer portal i don't think ethan garbers is ready um to play very well at this point maybe he will be maybe he won't be but i don't think he's ready right now so i think it's going to be transfer portal um and then uh big step back i expect a step back um the schedule isn't that difficult next year so i don't know how much it'll be record wise but they're not going to be this next year yeah. um dorian thompson robinson is the reason they are this this year and he's not going to be back next year so i would expect him to be like probably a bowl team but i don't know if they're going to be a whole lot better than seven and five or so All right, that's why
1: you got a chip kelly an extension right yeah, now do. uh he also wanted to know do either of you see arizona as a trap game for usc in two weeks um road game Can be a weird place to play, but like the defense is just so bad. I think that's going to make it really tough to be. It would have to
0: be pure shootout. You'd have to get great Jaden Delora, not merely good Jaden Delora. And it would still, it would have to be something like essentially what we just saw at Utah. But the thing is, Utah's offense is so much more consistent than Arizona. You would have to end up with like literally everything clicking right for Arizona in that game offensively, because there's no way to make up for their defense. They would need to be essentially Utah was able to get a couple of stops. Arizona's not going to be able to. So they would have to, from the jump, just be lights out offensively. Yeah. They'd have to generate 650 yards of offense, probably onside kick one time to get the ball back. Like, and they would have to be like a couple of weird interceptions or something. Um, that's the only way. That's not the
1: definition of, a, just definition of a trap game. That's like you're not ready to go in there. I mean, they would have to just play like lights out.
0: Yeah, they would yeah. have to play exceptional offensive football to make up for their defense. And I just – I don't know that they're capable of it. I think they're a pretty good offense. I don't think yeah. they're capable of that.
1: Yeah, we'll see. And then we got one last one uh, from Craig. Assuming this year's UCLA versus USC game means uh, title game, etc., can we look forward to a live podcast recording? Ooh, hmm Mm. Mm. Uh,
0: that would mean I would have to break my streak of attending of not attending uh sporting events
1: oh like do it at the at the Rose Bowl would yeah you do I mean, like are, a, we,
0: are we gonna do it like the Friday before
1: maybe maybe that would be yeah something yeah
0: because I mean i'm 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 dead set on my plan of never again attending a live sporting event
1: that's crazy or at least one that I'm covering I'll only attend like baseball games that I don't give a shit about yeah I've been to every. I've gone to every game. I might not go to USC, Arizona. Wow. But uh, if they were undefeated, I probably would have gone. But I'm Do like, you know hey. the
0: last time I went to the Rose Bowl? What? 2015. No way. I haven't been to a game at the Rose Bowl since 2015. I've been to a couple UCLA games, but they're both road games. Um. Wow. I'm trying to keep the streak alive. How do you do that? This is your job. Yeah, I know it's well. So it's easier to actually do what I do from home, gotcha. like writing, because I have to write and podcast right after the game. So doing that's a little bit easier from home. All right, uh, and going to the Rose Bowl is terrible. Build the campus it, on stadium, it's tough. come on, guys.
1: It's tough to get there. It's tough, but it's beautiful. Uh yeah. Well, I'll be there. Yeah, I usually see Tracy. I don't see you there. Yeah, when I go.
0: Yeah, you usually again for the last uh, six years.
1: Mm. Uh, and I've gone to several Rose Bowl games too. Never been to one of those, like the actual. Really? The Rose Bowl. Have you gone to the parade? I worked
0: the parade in high school. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah, I uh, I cut up roses. Uh,
1: nice. Yeah. For like floats and shit. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I did that for Interact Club. It was fun. I w- yeah, I've gone a couple times. It was definitely cool. Like I, you know, lived there a long time. Never went to the Rose Parade. Like one of those things. But uh, is it one of those things? It's one of those things that like people from all over the country watch. It's I like feel like it's deal. a
0: tourist thing. It's just a tourist thing to want to go to that. There's
1: local. I mean, there's people in Pasadena. It's, it's like, like going like to the Hollywood.
0: Life. It's like going to the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Like, I would never do that. Not in a million years. But, but I, like, I bring people that are. Yeah, in Yeah, out everybody out of town. who wants to, they want to go to the Hollywood Walk of, yeah. Walk of Fame. It's like ah, oh, it's dirty, and there's just people like who are angrily dressed up in costumes who are going to charge you money for taking pictures with them. Yeah,
1: it's like a once a year deal, and the you know the. They take it pretty seriously. I've always I've had a good time going. I mean it's early. It's an early gay. You know, Are we talking game.
0: about the Walk of Fame now? Are we talking no, about No, that's the, uh that's that always was just miserable. an aside from me. Yeah. But
1: I don't I like taking people, you know, when I do the tour guide stuff. Like I like showing them that. Do you? Yeah. They, I don't know. I, like, I think that's because you're still a tourist at heart. I like I like being a tour guide. Like I like showing people around. You're like, let's go to Venice and see some crazy people and let's drive down Rodeo Drive. I mean, just doing the stuff like that is cool. Like let's go look at the it's, Hollywood it's sign. It's
0: because you're a mass at heart. You're like not from here.
1: Right, but I've been here, been here more than thirty years, you know. Right, you've
0: actually been here almost as long as I
1: have. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> uh, all right, well, let's wrap things up. Um, that is David Woods. I am Ryan Abram. Hope you guys enjoyed this edition of the podcast of Champions. Only four games, but watch them all. Like, and just consume all of the games. By week for USC. I get to like really dig in and watch all of these like super intently, which is going to be great um i might go back and rewatch some spring games it's gonna be a lot of fun so, <laughs> i want to see what did michael penix look like in the spring game yeah, like, um you wanted to go back and
0: look at penix i want to go back yeah. and check it
1: out turn the page and go
0: you're gonna um, be watching a lot of penix this weekend with usc on a bye should
1: be fun if you guys are not watching ucla oregon there's something wrong with you you gotta check it out it's gonna be great it's gonna be a fun fun pac 12 weekend a short weekend and then you know a lot of the buys are gonna be gone And we're going to move forward. We should know a lot more about the the title race and all that kind of stuff. So it should be a lot of fun. For David Woods, I am Ryan Abraham. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. And we will talk to you next time. Phoenix.
0: The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network.